All right, we're rolling. Um, hello, everyone. Um, how are you doing? That's how I want to start this. Um, there aren't going to be any bells and whistles on this episode, uh, to be honest. Um, this is an episode where I only want to capture um, some honesty and kind of flow into this uh, with a little bit of a deflated feeling yet again. Um, you know, as as many of you have seen across social media and uh, and the news, um, George Floyd, um, who was a black man in America, was a victim of police brutality and uh, white supremacy. Not the first, as we know, but the latest in a string of anti-black sentiment that exists in America. He was um, essentially uh, strangled to death. A police officer had his knee on his neck for something close to nine minutes, which led to him suffocating and tragically dying. Um, it's strange uh, saying that out loud as someone who presents a show like this and I'm a nobody when it when you boil down to it is quite harrowing when you have to describe the way in which someone was killed um I myself have found it very difficult to focus on work during this time uh, and focus on the trivial nature and the trivial things that we worry about on a daily basis. Um, you know, I recently moved apartments and uh, my only concern were on things like appliances and things that I thought I needed on a daily basis when this situation has helped me recognize yet again that the things that I focus on on a, on a daily basis are they're fickle they're pointless most of the time if if other human beings can't worry about the the mundane in the same way that I do then that's not an equal society. Let's be very clear on that. It's not an equal society. Um, so why does this matter to me? I want to be very clear on why I created this podcast. Um, this time last year, I was very much working on a project um, which was a personal thing that I never really mentioned to anyone. Uh, it was drawing a portrait every day and it's and it was a conscious decision that all those people that I drew portraits of were people of color okay and I'm not I'm not lying I'm not saying this because it's the right time to to bring that forwards. This is genuine I wanted to get better at drawing and I started drawing and I got to about 75 days and um, I drew all my idols, 
that were people of color. Okay, and it was funny. Um, I actually met one of my very well, actually one of my first best friends. Her name is Shireen, and she was in Amsterdam. And I showed her the I showed her the the sketchbook that I was working in. And she said, "Do you only draw people of color?" And I didn't. I didn't. I didn't flinch. I didn't respond. I just smiled because that was the intention. But I felt like my talents weren't very good. Okay, and I wanted to do something where I could create a dialogue. And so, in my not—I don't want to call it covert way—but the reason I started this podcast was to show off the fact that immigrants are amazing people, right? And indirectly, that is saying that a lot of my circle, a lot of the people around me, happen to be people of color, and. That's the reason I started this, was to show off how fucking awesome these rock stars are around me. That are constantly just doing amazing work. Always striving for the best. Always have a bigger story to tell than the one that they that they let on. And it breaks me to think that there is always that feeling of other that we will always be made to feel like the other, especially black people because of the the color of their skin. So that was the first reason I decided to start this. The second thing was that of the ambitions that I've had in my life, um, whether that's to earn a lot of money, whether that's to get a career that's respectable and interesting to talk about to live in different places because I wanted to be known as someone who was well traveled or to be someone with who could speak multiple languages all of these things were an indirect way of me trying to make myself as interesting to people as possible. I didn't want to be seen as someone who was just another brown guy who who did well, earned some money and just, you know, existed. I wanted to be more than that. And I realize now that that is a symptom of oppression. If anything, I should want to just be an ordinary brown guy, just another brown guy. I should almost be invisible to, to society, right? I should want I should strive to want to want an ordinary life. But no, I wanted to prove to the world that I am different. I'm not like the people that you see on TV. I'm not like Abu Hamza that was a Finsbury Finsbury Park cleric who incited hatred and violence that I wasn't like the son of Osama bin Laden who was called Hamza bin Laden and on my first day of work here in the Netherlands my boss brought it up with me as if I had something to say about that and I realized that all my pursuits were just uh, an indirect way of of trying to show people that I'm not like them that I had to somehow be the spokesperson or the beacon to show that I would I am different to those people 
And of course I am. I'm an individual and I have thoughts and I have feelings and I have experiences that are unique to me. But what I think is horrible in this situation is that for whatever reason, the system is built around make being made to feel like you're not good enough if you are not white. And that's the first time in my life I've, I've, I've confronted that for myself. Of course, people have told me. People have told me, how, you know, growing up, elders have told me that, that you have to work twice as hard as white people. And, it, you know, I, I've read extensively on race relations. I've read, I've read Michael Eric Dyson's, you know, um, book about the, basically the, the, it's called Know What I'm Saying. It's, um, it's about how hip hop influences culture and influences like a generational gap between not just black people, but the society in which those black people live in, right? Because there's almost like a, there's almost like a code of conduct that black people live by versus everyone else. And look, I don't want to delve into this more than, I don't want to delve into why I came to be, because this, this isn't necessarily about me. This is about the journey of people who are not from one place and, and go to another. And I guess it's hard to organize my thoughts, um, given that it's it's still fresh and I'm, I'm angry. I'm trying to figure out a way of, of, of staying organized, but there's a few things I want to be very clear on. If you are someone who is concerned about whether the protests are peaceful, you do not understand the situation at play. Black people are being gunned down in the street. It is a risk to their lives having a driving license and perhaps just going to work. That might be a risk to their life. Philando Castile was that absolute case where he was complying with officers. He showed, he told them he was reaching into his glove department to, to show them his license and the police officer fired bullet after bullet into his chest in front of his partner and their child. It's all documented on film. That is an injustice that you will never understand if you think that peaceful protest is how you respond to that kind of injustice. Forget the fact that people like this are stopped in the street, but the fact that someone is saying, hey, I'm taking my hands and I'm going to the glove department to pull out my license means that you don't trust anything they have to say. So they've lost already. You don't even give these people a chance. So that's thing number one. If you think this is about peaceful protest, I'm sorry, but I disagree. The second one is around colorism in South Asian community. No more will I 
sit back and watch family members or friends or people in the street or people at work make you feel less for the colour of your skin banding terms like coconut around banding terms like colour around trying to put someone's merit and character based on the colour of their skin is racist period And the final thing that I'm going to do is not be so silent for the reason that I do things. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm an optimist at heart. I love people. I love being around people. That's just who I am. I love it. There's nothing that makes me happier than meeting new people. And I try to approach situations with love. but I'm not going to be hiding to make it feel more inviting to people that don't adhere to my value set. And if something is racist, I'm going to say it. Here in the Netherlands, there is a tradition of blackface that exists. They put it under the, under, under the guise of Sinterklaas and Zwarte Piet, but it's abhorrent. It's disgusting. And I will put it forwards as much as I can that people know that it is racist. And if people are indifferent to it, that, that being complicit or inadvertently com complicit to that is not good enough. Let me tell you something. It is not good enough in this day and age to not be informed. You pay for a, everyone that I know at least has a mobile phone with an internet connection. And this is this is when I get real this is when I get real. Everybody watches porn. Everybody watches porn. Okay? If you don't have 5 minutes in your day to educate yourself on the oppression and derogatory way in the derogatory language that is used against people of color especially black people and you can't understand why they are protesting and visibly upset it is not good enough to be ignorant in this age i will not make excuses for people who claim ignorance or being too old or being too young or, or being two of a different generation. It is not good enough. Everyone uses the internet for benign, pointless shit all the fucking time. Educate yourself. Read some books. Do a Google search if you don't understand. Ask your friends if it's uncomfortable. Please, please, please do not defend people's ignorance. You can teach them with love. I will agree you, I will agree with you there. But do not make excuses for ignorant people. Everyone, and I mean everyone, now has the opportunity to learn. 
So if anything else, this is a learning opportunity. So how are you guys doing? I want to read you something. As we know when we look around us, every person is different. Even identical twins develop different personalities. People tend to perceive individuals belonging to an ethnic group as being homogenous in character. However, if you look properly, you start to discern the individual differences. As Yamaguchi aptly observed, variation is one of the greatest hallmarks of nature. To make every sweet slightly different from the other is actually very realistic. Because of the significant roles played by cultural influences and learning, humans certainly, certainly exhibit even greater variation than flowers. What do we do with flowers? We give them to loved ones, we pluck them, we water them, we nourish them, we give them love, we repot them, we give them in times of sadness, we give them in times of happiness, in rejoice, in care, in terms of romance. Flowers are part of everyday life. Okay, some flowers we might favour over others, but we accept there is variation within those flowers. Now humans, on the other hand, exhibit more variation than flowers. So why don't we embrace that variation instead of perpetuating the same stereotype that success only comes in one way, that beauty only comes in one way, that art can only come in one way, that certain industries only abide in one certain way. There has, there has to be a better way to, to celebrate this variation rather than creating division. This Pakistan-India divide with the same fucking people this colorism divide within people of color and those communities, always striving for, for, for being Gora versus having tanned skin or darker skin. I was at the um, Amsterdam protest uh, in Dam Square on Monday and someone had a sign up and it said, would you recognize if you were in a dystopia? Just let that sink in for a second. I'm describing in a, wo a world in which everyone strives for one certain shade of skin colour. That's madness. And that and that that board really that caption really it brought me to tears because I, I, I it was next to this this father and son, and they and the the father and son were both black, and I I felt so lost to think that if I was a father in that situation having to try to explain this situation that because of your skin colour regardless of how much I love you you are going to be subject to things in life that are totally out of your control and you'll never have a say over it I want to read you something else If you think that you are too small to make a difference, then try sleeping in a room with a mosquito. That's from the Dalai Lama. 
Well, what can I do? Oh, I'm just one guy. Oh, I'm just... I'm a noble. I work in finance. Oh, I'm, you know... I work... I'm just... You know, I'm just... Uh, I just work at the store. I'm just a mechanic. Oh, I'm just... Uh, I just work in marketing. I just... I've just got a regular job. But think about that. Imagine if every room you went into... There was a mosquito in your ear. And I know people of colour, I know what you I know you know what that feels like because you've travelled to those places, you're from those places where there's a mosquito in your ear in the nighttime. And there's there's nothing more frustrating in that moment when you just want peace, when there is this loud, loud, loud thing in your ear and it's silent to everyone else. That to me, is the biggest analogy when it comes to privilege, is oppression is the mosquito in your ear. It's that constant mosquito in your ear, buzzing in your ear, telling you, I'm right here, I'm right here, I'm right here, and you don't get a moment of peace. And to everyone else who experiences the privilege of not having that mosquito in their ear, they're just going to say to you, get over it, it's just a mosquito. Well, guess what? You know what it feels like to be in a room, stuck in a room with a mosquito. And I hope that raises the bar a little bit to understand that if someone is telling you that they're in pain, that you don't dismiss them. And you take their hand and you say, okay, let me try and help you. What, what can I do? You don't say to them, oh no, but you, you, should, you should complain in a different way. You know, you should complain slightly differently because I don't like the way you're complaining because I know you're dying. I know you're dying. I know you're, you're hurting right now, but you should complain differently. You would never say that to someone who is bleeding. Um, I'm going to try and uh, include some some thoughts from my friends who have been on this podcast and their initial thoughts on how they're feeling um i know i've spoken to a number of them today to get their thoughts uh to check in on them um to share my thoughts and my frustrations of course um there's one there's what there is one image that i can't get out of my head and uh it's from someone who I will always um, be indebted to since I moved to the Netherlands. And um, it's Gulid, who was the first person I ever interviewed for Immigrant Journeys. And he was one of the first friends that I made when I moved to Amsterdam. He was always very hospitable to me. He was always very kind to me when we started working together. And I knew immediately that I was going to be good mates with this guy. And he was at the he was at the protest on Monday. I didn't get I was on the other side, so I didn't get to see him. But he posted a picture afterwards. It was him wearing a, a face mask, and he held very high above his head a sign that said, "Am I next?" Now, Gulid is one of the most impressive people I know. And to consider that he might be someone who is targeted for 
just the colour of his skin. It breaks my heart. And I can't get it out of my head. Um, my last words on this is that I want you to make sure that you check in with all of your friends. You create a dialogue, create a conversation about this, ask them how they're feeling about it. Iron out any uncomfortable thoughts that you might be having and in truth, work together to make sure that these things don't exist within your communities. Like I said, ignorance is not good enough. Building a wall around you is not good enough. Let me tell you something. I'm going to be very honest right now. I'm not, uh, I'm not someone who was born with money. But by universal standards, now, today, in, in June 2020, I'm a wealthy man. that wealth means nothing as soon as I step onto the wrong street or go to the airport or go through customs or wear the wrong shirt or look a little bit scruffy on that day. I don't look bohemian or chic or any of those things. No, I look like so-and-so so in some instances I do not have the luxury of being a wealthy man but imagine if in every situation I had to second guess what I was wearing how, how, how I sounded how I interacted with people That's what the black experience must feel like. And I'll never know. I'll never know. But I can hint at the fact that I know what it feels like to feel like you are a suspect. And that's the saddest thing about all of this is that black people are always made to feel like suspects. So we have to change. Everyone has to change has to happen remember we build society we build customs we build traditions so please wake up and let's uh Let's try and help. Um, here are some thoughts from friends of the show and people that I have uh, interviewed. Um, I wish you all the best and I will speak to you very, very soon. Some initial thoughts from my friend Farai. Okay, so so my hope um, with the, the renewed focus on issues of racism, specifically um, racial injustices against black people, because that's an important thing. That's a really important distinction. Um, 
is that I, I hope um, people maintain this energy and people remain consistent and they show the same level of dedication for the cause as they have done for things like women's rights and LGBTQ rights, which are um, equally admirable and equally important um, uh, causes. Uh, and for me, over the last five to six years, I've seen huge, huge, huge strides made with that. And, and, and there's been so much poured in in terms of uh, monetary supports, uh, investment of people's time, all of that. And, and it's been reflected in the world of work. So I just want to see the same level of vim yeah, you know I mean, from from especially uh, white people, um, and ultimately, I I hope to see people kind of get to a place of empathy, true empathy. I, I don't want no bullshit about um, um, I hear you, please tell me more, and giving me those stock responses. No, I really, I really want everybody to engage with this and understand that it is all our issue. That's that's ultimately what I want. I don't want people to. It's not enough just to say you're not racist. You need to be uh, be anti-racist, you know, uh, and be active in, in your feelings about that and to also confront some of the things that you may have done in your past, whether consciously or unconsciously, um, and then and, and seek to rectify that. Um, and, and also, I'm big on this, this is just my final point, is uh, being honest about your history. Um, I, I think... Um, the British are not honest about their history and their place in it. Um, they are <laughs> a fundamental component of uh, the atrocity that led to uh, quite a lot of the ills that we feel now. So, yeah, those are my feelings. So, yeah, just maintain the energy, baby. Some initial thoughts for my friend, Eric. And that's the thing, right? Like, because it's just... The stuff is happening right now in the States and you're protesting and whatever, but, you know, um, and then the next day I'm just uh, at my job, you know, like, and then, you know, because we are still tied to this, the way our current society is organized where you have to earn money to survive, right? So earning money to survive becomes a higher priority than anything else, including uh, social justice issues or political justice issues or whatever it is. So it's kind of like, sure, you know, you can have Blackout Tuesday and great, but next day you still need to earn money to keep, you know, a roof over your head. And that that's what people end up doing. And, and, uh, and I'm disgusted at myself, uh, you know, in, in that matter, because I'm just like, yeah, I can be enraged and I can be pissed off and all of these things at, at what's ha happening. But at the same time, I silently go back to my job because, you know, I got rent to pay. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, I think that's what is really kept me at a loss. Like there is a system of capitalism on of democracy and the political system, everything of modern day society which does so many fucking injustices, but at the same time, we are so dependent on it for our livelihood and our survival that we can't emancipate ourselves from it, right? And that's why, like I told you before, like I ended up just telling the Christine, like, let's just fuck off to the middle of nowhere because um, th that seems to be the only way out. But obviously, I said that to her two or three days ago, 
And I'm still here in Amsterdam in my comfortable apartment, um, voice knowing you um, over my iPhone with uh, Wi-Fi that I pay for, for my job, you know, that I go to, which is, <laughs> you know, again, a completely transactional uh, framework. But yeah, I, it's just, just weird. And, and we are all uh, susceptible to it. Um, maybe not the monk who lives in the, uh, in the hills or, or the guy who lives in the woods in his own, like, you know, proverbial Walden. But apart from that, the rest of us, we are all chained to it somehow or the other. And that's, yeah, that's what I'm struggling with. Like, uh, more than anything else, like my dependency on such a fucking vicious system. And short of fucking off nowhere, which is what I'm trying to mentally work myself towards, um, I don't see what else you can do. Because regardless of how much you tweak the system or bring in a new system, it's going to be the same fucking shit as always. You know, because I, I don't think we're capable as humans to organize something where every single person who is participating in uh, the society, so this is large scale, is equally represented. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, hats off to whoever comes off with that theory, but yeah. Some initial thoughts from my friend Aaron. Hey, Hamza, I hope you're good. Um, I'll be honest, as someone who spent most of their life writing words at school and work, uh, I'm really struggling to express my thoughts and emotions at the moment. Um, as is probably obvious, I've had to write this down, so I'm reading from what I've written. Um, while I might not offer anything particularly constructive on the issues themselves, um, I'm just kind of hoping that I can um, offer some help to those that are feeling a bit lost um, and make them feel like they're not alone. Um, I'm deeply hurt by what I've seen over the last week. Um, the majority of my friends growing up and still today are black and Asian. Um, and I know, you know, white guys aren't supposed to say, but I have black friends. Um, but I'm not using it as an excuse for anything. Um, more to say that it brings it all closer to home. Um, I'm also just terribly confused. Uh, I'm confused by the mixed rhetoric I'm seeing online. Um, and I don't mean between right and left. Um, to be honest, the majority of people that I kind of follow and my friends, I would consider left-leaning. Um, but I mean, between left and left, um, I'm finding there are so many different opinions shared on social media, uh, that it becomes almost impossible just to decide where I myself sit on all sorts of highly complex issues. Um, every time I think I've taken a righteous stance, there's a counter argument as to why it's harmful. Um, and I think this speaks to just how complex this all is, but also how, despite all the value it's providing to the anti-racism movement, social media can send you into loops and spirals. Um, and I'm uncertain of what I even believe at my own core. Um, by nature, I'm a listener rather than a talker. Um, I'm someone who thinks before they speak, and I'm rarely the first person in a room to pipe up and offer my thoughts. Um, based on that and what I've said before uh, about my confusion, um, I've not taken to social media to signal my morality to others, and I don't think anyone should feel pressured to do so. Um, we shouldn't be silent and we shouldn't sit back and do nothing. But for those whom social media is not a place they feel comfortable confronting these issues, um, I think they should find other means. 
Um, I'd like to quote a tweet actually from a friend of mine, Aisha Akambi. Um, you should all go follow her because she's bursting with wisdom at all times, but particularly right now. Um, and it reads, do consider that some people don't want to commodify, popularize or signal their morality on an app for users who are gratuitously cruel in the name of retweets. <sighs> Just need to take a breath. Um, myself, I've had some very constructive conversations at home with family and my girlfriend. Um, we've purchased books from a black owned bookstore in Brixton. Um, and I'm revisiting some of the books I studied on racism at university. Um, I'm also trying to be empathetic and kind. Um, I'm working at Sainsbury's part-time right now while I'm between jobs. Um, and there are people of all races who I interact with. Some are happy, some are sad, some are angry. Um, but I try to speak to all of them with understanding and a smile on my face. Um, I don't think you have to change the world or yourself overnight or make some huge profound statement online. Start with yourself. Small acts within your own home or community can have a huge impact. And if you can, if it's safe for you to do so, and you can stay informed by other means, take a break from social media. Um, it can do a lot of great things, but like many things, it's toxic, toxic in large quantities. Um, for the sake of keeping this short, that's all I want to say for now. Um, thank you for letting me speak. To be honest, it isn't easy. Um, and I'm a little fearful of how people may react. Um, but I hope people can just recognise our shared humanity. Um, and I really look forward to what other guests have to say um, on these issues. Thanks a lot. Take care, Hamza. Some initial thoughts from my friend Hassan. So in terms of the situation, man, I think on the one hand, it's, it's horrifying to see the real nature and, and the cases that are coming to light in the States and, and, and being educated on, on the, the, the situation over here, which is, to be honest with you, it's a lot of it is news to me. Um, and I guess that, that speaks to my privilege and, and how bad the situation really is and what it's taken for it to really come forward. But at the same time, I think it, there's a lot of positive things happening. And I think it takes a large force and a force of the people to, to really make that happen. And, and you see that with, you know, the 50 states that have protested, the protests in the UK and in Europe, and it's, and it's amazing to see. And I think I'm hoping that this time, um, you know, people that neglecting the situation really try and look at themselves and myself as well, educate myself and educate those around me on what what we can do, um, helping organisations that are improving the situation for people who are black and for um, for people such as myself to, to really educate myself on the history um, because there's a lot we don't know and a lot that's been suppressed. So... So yeah, man. I think I think the 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 movement is powerful, and I I'm really hoping that we can collectively instigate some real change. Um, and I think that starts with education, and then it it follows up with, um, rather than posting black squares, actually, um, going out protesting, if not, uh, donating, if not, educating others, um. And yeah, man, hopefully we'll live in a in a more peaceful and more just society. And finally, some initial thoughts from my friend Nilhan. Hello, my name is Nilhan. I'm from Turkey. 
I live in Amsterdam and I've been living in the Netherlands for almost three years now. I grew up in Turkey. As you know, Turkey, <laughs> because of its uh, unique geopolitical uh, location, uh, it has seen a lot of different groups, civilizations, people from different ethnical backgrounds. And we still, we, I, I grew up with, with these um, with this diversity when I was a kid and also throughout my life. And I learned to coexist with differences. I learned to respect uh, the diversity. And I think this is a very important experience in life. And now someone living in, in a more diverse country in the Netherlands, this makes, this helps me to respect and make people feel safe around me. And 2020, these days, in these difficult times, where we are also facing a pandemic, seeing racism being a problem, people losing their lives, George Floyd and many other innocent people, this has to stop. Imagine you have to live your life uh, with constantly on the survival mood, that you have to protect yourself from people because of your, the color of your skin. You can't go invisible and you can hide the color of your skin. To me, racism and races is, an, is a concept now that is kind of developed by societies just to categorize and group people. I don't believe in it and it's breaking my heart to see the restlessness and people still fighting for it. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to do my own bit. I'm trying to understand the context more with reading the resources shared by my people, advocating for it, uh, advocating for anti-racism and also just try to create an environment around me uh, with fighting every even tiny bit of uh, racism speeches, attitudes and thoughts around me. It's not an easy road. Uh, it's, it's a difficult path, but we all, we, are, we all have our own responsibilities just to make sure we live in harmony. So in summation... Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank all of uh, the friends of the show and my friends who I've interviewed uh, for their contributions. Um, I guess if I can kind of compress their own words into ways in which we can try to create a society which is better and just for everyone. Um, for I mentioned that we need to really confront the history in which we live in and not just hold to posting black squares one day of the year, but also having uh, a continued and keeping that energy forward. Uh, for the long term, uh, which I think is really important, not just having uh, a token um, response to these sorts of inc incidences. Eric, um, and I think I can hear his kind of uh, his doubt, but also cynicism for the for the system, because um, the system is vicious and it pushes us towards worrying about money over people. Um, so how can we change that system? And he says, you know, the person who can come up with that theory. Um, We'll, 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 uh, we'll be able to earn a lot of money. But that's why the system is vicious, because it's centered around money rather than people. Um, Aaron, I think, um, you know, some, some important points there around confusion and that kind of constant flip-flopping in your head 
around are you saying the right thing are you acting in the right way are you able to uh, provide uh, the context in which um, your thoughts have come from um, and I think a real valid thing there was that you know compressing our thoughts onto paper might also be helpful for us so thinking before we speak um, perhaps might be a, a really important thing uh, when we consider the way in which injustice is it can just be a slip of the tongue um, Hussam mentions to us that you know we need to learn and educate for ourselves and, and the situations in which we live in so that the types of conversations that we have and the types of people that we have around us understand that this is important for us um, and not hiding behind our privilege and it takes a large force of people to create change so let's try and do that um, and finally Neilhan mentions that you know when, it, when we boil down to all of it is we need to stop the the, the categorization of people by colour we need to look at the merit of people and um, try to make the world a better place in that sense. And I think uh, I just wanted to say again, uh, a big thank you to everyone for their contributions and um, take care and uh, we will speak very, very soon. <laughs>